For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. And a good morning, football fans. How are you this morning? We've got a bit of a special edition here on Birds 365. And no, I'm not referring to the trade the Eagles made yesterday. Oh, we're going to talk plenty about that. Uh, but each and every single day, I write at the top of my show sheet uh, how many shows we have done here on Birds 365. Today would be show number 246. How many days we've got counting down to the first game of next season, assuming the Eagles are scheduled on the Sunday, first Sunday of the year. Uh, they're not going to be playing on the Thursday night. Sorry, that's reserved for those who went deep in the playoffs this past year. Eagles made the playoffs, just didn't go very deep. Uh, so 159 days to the first Sunday of the year. How many days to the NFL draft? That would be 23. And we'll go in depth on that coming up in less than 20 minutes because Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible is going to join us. But there's an additional date. That would be one year. As in how long we've logged here on Birds 365. Today is the anniversary show for Birds 365. So I say to my partner, John McMullen, happy anniversary there, buddy. Yeah, what's what's one year? I should know this. I never know the, you know, obviously you have gold and silver anniversary. Everybody knows them, but every year it's something. And, you know. Oh, you're talking gift getting? Yes, gift getting. With your one year anniversary? Yeah. I got no bloody idea. I got no no I'm, bloody I'm, idea. I'm 29 either. years removed from my first anniversary. And so. I'm I'm so am I. I'm not, not that much, but I'm I'm a long time. And every year there's some kind of it, and it's bad that I don't know that. Uh I I now I have to well, look you, that up. You, I'm, I'm, and, and as a matter of fact, for those uh, who who don't understand? I'm not actually in front of the Ocean Casino and Resort. Uh, I am in my home studio, so I have to sort of whisper. I don't remember the anniversary. <laughs> I'm I'm downstairs in my basement, so I don't have to whisper the fact that I don't remember. <laughs> the wife's still asleep, so I can talk as loud as I want. Um, let's let's just go with it's cash. Maybe Joe Crouch is listening. <laughs> so uh, cash is the uh, 
uh, mark of the first year anniversary. Yeah. But uh, Jay Mack and I have been doing this for you guys for a year. It has been our pleasure. It's certainly been my pleasure working with uh, Johnny Mack. And we thank all of those of you who stream in, if not on a daily basis, a regular basis. And if you do, Johnny Mack, what do we ask him to do? Like, share, subscribe. You can do that for us. Or, there you or go. Put it There's in our your anniversary yard. gift. That's yeah. the, the one year yeah. anniversary gift on YouTube is liking, sharing, and subscribing. So uh, get it done for us today since we're celebrating our one year anniversary. And yes, uh, it was almost like the Eagles knew and said, we got to do a solid by those guys since they're having their one year yeah, anniversary. Yeah, they gave show. us an anniversary present, huh? Howie. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Howie. He gave us a solid one yesterday, which I have to admit I was surprised, even though. You and I have been talking about it oh, months, months, that the Eagles probably will not use all three first-round draft picks, certainly since we found out that the Carson Wentz pick was going to become a first-round pick because it was a second that could become a one, and that certainly happened this year to give the Eagles three first-round picks. We've said all along that there's a better chance they are not going to make all three picks than they are going to make all three first-round picks. The question is, what would they do? Would they trade up to target a player and combine picks to get a specific guy? Would they trade down to add draft capital in this year's draft? Or would they trade out, give up a first-round pick this year for a future one and other assets? That was the one that seemed the most prudent, and that's exactly what came down yesterday, Johnny Mack. Yeah, I, I'm for the life of me, Jody. I am trying to figure out this trade from the New Orleans Saints angle, and I can't figure out what they're thinking. I, I, you know, one of the things I said, I've been saying pretty consistently that you mentioned the Eagles weren't going to take all three first-round picks. And, you know, the first goal would be to kick one out and get in back into the first round of the 2023 draft. That was with the Eagles' goal. Everybody kind of knew it. And I continually said, well, that's easier said than done, especially if you're not in the top 10. Uh becomes a little bit easier. And I always say you need two to tangle and all that. Um, you know, sometimes I overestimate the intelligence of NFL organizations oh, as a whole. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, this is embarrassing from, you know, we've been doing this theme evaluation. This is embarrassing from a valuation level for Mickey Loomis. I mean, he got fleeced. I, 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 I wrote on Sports Illustrated, you know, how he's probably speeding over the Causeway Bridge and he's got to get out of town because he's wanted. That's grand larceny, what he did to that organization, what he did to that team. It is, he essentially gave up a first round pick to go where he wanted to go anywhere, which was the 2023 draft. And on top of it, he got a third round pick this year and a second round pick in 2024 for doing what he wants to do and in going into the more quarterback friendly year which which in theory per nfl people increases the value of other picks as well because the whole rising boats you know uh rising tide lifts all boats type of thing the more quarterbacks you have uh the better off you are when it comes to the value of draft picks look at the end of the day and you always say and this is where you're right at some point you got to turn all this into players and if you don't it doesn't matter doesn't matter but 
you know, the whole theory of the more lottery tickets you have, the better chance you have to get a player. I, I mean, the Eagles won this trade in a lopsided, lopsided fashion. But I mean, and here's the funny part, Jody. Here's the funny part. This year's draft, right? The Eagles are still at 15, right? The Saints are now at 16. So the Eagles kind of control the Saints right now. Chargers are at 17. Eagles are at 18 because they got that from the Saints. Saints are at 19. The Eagles picked right in front of the Saints twice, unless there's another shoe. And I hope there's another shoe for Mickey Loomis to drop for his sake, because this is awful, awful from the Saints' perspective. The only way this works for the Saints, highway robbery, call it what you want. As we sit here today, our perception of it, you are 100% correct. It looks like a stone cold steel for the Philadelphia Eagles. But this is, again, where you and I separate. We can evaluate it right now. We should evaluate it right now. We're going to evaluate it again a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And that evaluation so tremendously outweighs what we thought on the day the deal came down in speculation. I'm feeling really good about what we say today is also going to hold sway two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. But we don't know. We got to let it play out. The only way this ends up looking good for the Saints for me is if they love Malik Willis and they believe Malik Willis is going to go somewhere in the bottom of the top 10 picks, that Carolina is going to pass on him and that the Saints are going to combine their now two first-round draft picks to get the eight or nine or somewhere thereabouts. They select Malik Willis, and Malik Willis becomes next Patrick Mahomes. That's it. If Kenny Pickett does that and he becomes the next Joe Burrow, okay, so be it. There's two ways that it can happen. Uh, I guess you could throw another quarterback in there. You know, I like Matt Corral the best of the other quarterbacks. I actually like Corral a little better than uh, Malik Willis, but uh, the comparison between him and Holmes because he's got as strong an arm as he does is a natural one. That's it. If if it isn't to move up for a quarterback, and then, oh, by the way, mm. you not only have to be right about that quarterback, you have to be really right about it. That he's not just a competent starting quarterback, but he's a franchise-level quarterback. Otherwise, there's no way this trade works for the Saints. And I won't even hold it against Howie Roseman if he botches every single pick because he's got all of those picks and your uh, analogy of, hey, you got to have lottery tickets if you're going to hit the lottery. The more of them you got, the better chance you have to win. Howie Roseman yesterday certainly bought himself a lot of lottery action. Yeah, I I, I mean... And and there's the, you know, Tom Brady's probably the best example of this. Look, if you find the superstar quarterback, I mean, everything's okay. It erases all mistakes. It erases all mistakes. But I'm not going to go back and play revisionist history and said, oh, the Patriots knew what they were doing at 199. No, they got lucky. They got lucky. And that's when we talk about when 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 Jeffrey Lurie goes up there and talks, you know once or twice a year and he tells fans that don't like Howie Roseman about the process. And I have to evaluate the process more than I have to evaluate the outcome. And I hate using that term, as you know, in this city, uh, even though it's a different process, but you get my point. Um, This is what he's talking about. 
This is what he's talking about. Putting yourself, that's the job of a GM, putting your organization in a better position to, to potentially take advantage of that situation. Now, ultimately, as I said, you're 150% right, even though that number doesn't exist. This is about getting players at the end of the day, and, the set, and you eventually have to turn this into players that can help your team. So if the Saints find the superstar quarterback, it erases all mistakes. But the mistake was there, Jody. They made a mistake. It doesn't matter the outcome. This is embarrassing from GM to GM. This is as lopsided as it gets. If you look at Jimmy Johnson's trade evaluation chart, if you look at um, our buddy Brad Spielberger, the, 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 he's, he helped create the new one that everybody uses. If you look at either chart, and, 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 and the new one is a little more up to date, a little more with how the NFL thinks, but if you look, it doesn't matter. They got fleeced the New Orleans Saints. So from a GM to GM perspective about trying to put your team in a better position, you better be right about that player, whether it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. And if it's not a quarterback, it's even more embarrassing. Yeah. You don't do this for a positional player. So good luck, Mickey. Good luck. Godspeed to you. But you got, you got trucked. And that's not going to change. It'll change in the, in the narrative. It'll change in the perspective if he gets the superstar quarterback. Right. But he knows now, after the fact, that he got he got he got fleeced, and he uh, better be right. On on paper, right now, he looks like uh, he got played very much. Uh, for those of who not uh, streaming in on our anniversary show, not paying close enough attention. I see where someone said, did Jody just say uh, that Malik Willis is the next Patrick Mahomes? No, uh, you see, this is no, what No, happened. I did not. No, Here's he did what not. I said. No, now, please not. pay close attention. Man. For the trade to be okay for the Saints, Malik Willis would have to become the next Patrick Mahomes. I didn't predict or project that that's what I believe Malik Willis is going to be. I was trying to make a point about how bad this trade looks today for the Saints. And the only way that they can actually hope, cross their fingers, pray to the football gods, that it becomes an acceptable deal is if, big if in there, Malik Willis becomes Patrick Mahomes. I'm not <laughs> projecting that. I'm not suggesting that. I'm not predicting that. I'm just laying it out there as to what it would need to be far-fetched for it to become a successful trade for the Saints. And I don't think any quarterback in this draft can do that. None. Yeah. Zero. Zip. Jody, one. Jody, you've only been doing Birds 365 for one year, but you've been doing this for over 30 years. So you know people hear what they want to hear. So you just said Malik Willis is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. You know better than anybody. People hear what, what they want to hear. But, yeah. I And by the way, what if the Detroit Lions shock the world and take Malik Willis at number two? And then you got Kenny Pickett going probably top 10, whether it's Carolina, Atlanta, whatever. Um, you know, what, 
you don't hold – this is sort of like the Eagles going back to the Carson Wentz year. They had to jump twice. If you want a quarterback, you got to jump twice, which you kind of pointed out. But, you know, the Lions could still derail all your plans. This is a very strange year to do what it looks like New Orleans is attempting to do. Not, not only because of the quarterback class – but because of where they started, where they still are. I mean, they got, it's very unlikely at this point, unless there's another shoe that they're even going to get Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. So as I said, good luck with the next yeah. part. Making- yeah. The, the Saints still have mucho work ahead of them to somehow validate this trade that both John and I agreed that yeah, it's not very likely. Here's the other key part, and uh, Rick Saratella of NFL Draft 5, we booked them before this, and now we can have fun with them, slotting in the changed Eagle picks because they're down one, and they also got uh, pushed up one spot from going to 19 to 18. Um, so we'll uh, talk No, they about kept the 15 spot. They gave up right. 16. They, That's they, another thing, yeah. Right. <laughs> so they, you can look at it as they either moved down one or they move back to. You can go either way with it. Um, here's uh, what I want to see what Ricky has to say. And we'll ask him to lay out his top 14 picks in the draft, which is pure speculation three weeks out, but for the sake of conversational purposes. The Eagles' first pick is at 15. They will be able to fill a positional need. What positional need will that be? And then they've got another one at 19, which you got to wait a couple more picks to come off the board. But they went from being able to fill three positional needs to now only two positional needs because they did trade one of their first round picks. Yeah, what they will... lost a bit of a luxury. We've been talking about that. That extra pick would have been if they used it, but we never thought they were going to use it. Would have been a little luxury to go outside the box, whether people think linebacker, everybody wants to talk linebacker. You know, they could do it wide receiver, they could do it, they could do anything with three picks. Now you gotta you gotta tighten it up and be a a little bit more focused. So I will ask you, John McMullen, and when we get Ricky up, we'll let him go quickly through his top 15 picks, and he'll tell you which guys are off the board <laughs> on the first 14 as to what two positions they will draft. Let's say, again, the way we've been saying it leading up to, there's a good chance that three of the best three defensive ends, maybe even four of the best defensive ends will be off the board. Uh, there'll definitely be one corner, Sauce Gardner, off the board, probably two. Stingley ahead of time It's the third best corner the way that they go. If Kyle Hamilton somehow miraculously slips down to number 15, I think that's a damn easy pick, but that's probably not happening. And there is, for me, no other safety that deserves to go there. Would they go defensive tackle? Because there's a chance it's going to be a real nice defensive tackle there. But you've got Hargrave, you've got Fletcher, you've got Williams. That's really not a need. Uh, before we get Ricky up and before you even know what his picks are going to be, and then you are allowed to change your selections after Ricky runs it down and tells us exactly. See, Saratella is so good. He's going to crystal ball it for us and tell us what players are all gone with the first 14 picks of the draft. What two positions do you think the Eagles are going to hit on at 15 and 19, J.M.? Yeah, I'm going to create some controversy because I've shifted a little bit. And I am shifting toward wide receiver and 
defensive tackle, as I mentioned. When you say, I've said that before, look, I got ripped. I got ripped by you and not only you about, uh, you know, putting Travis Jones in the first round. And I want to hear Rick because all of a sudden Jeremiah's got him in the first round. McShay's got him in the first round. I forget there was a Brugler's got him in the first round. All of a sudden, here he comes. Uh, and they need a specific kind of defensive tackle. They don't need the three technique. They don't need the Fletcher Cox, the Javon Hargrave, the Milton Williams. They need the one technique, the, the zero technique. And that's two guys. Jordan Davis, who's not going to be there. Travis Jones, who all of a sudden is getting pumped up the board a little bit. Those are the two positions I'm looking at right now, wide receiver. But the the, contra, the more controversial part is they're not picking a wide receiver to help Jalen Hurts. Well, and, 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 you know, if, you, if everybody wants to check out Jimmy Kemsky's latest mock draft, I laughed out loud, um, his Eagles only mock. He put it out, our buddy from Philly Boys. Um, he, he picked Garrett Wilson at 15. Now, I don't think Garrett Wilson is going to be there at 15, um, but he picked a wide receiver at 15. Now, the, the, the picture on the story isn't Garrett Wilson. It's C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And the, the caption is, <laughs> question mark, C.J. Stroud to Garrett Wilson. So, Craig, I think Jimmy's on the right path is what I'm trying to may, say. May very well be. Here's the other potential controversial Mr. Defensive Tackles actually going there. When the Eagles signed Derek Barnett, and I said I was not a fan of the signing because then it gives them the possibility of say defensive end first round. No, we got Derek back. We're okay. Yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Back into the third round to take a defensive end if they're now down to two picks and one of them is not defensive end. You're going to see a lot of Derek Barnett back out there again next year, which I didn't want to see. And I know you said I know the percentage. I want to see him on the field. And it needs to be a minimal, minimal one. He needs to be a situational substitution type guy, not a above 50% type guy. If they don't take a D end in the first two picks that they have, get ready for more Derek Barnett jumping off sides, Johnny Mac. Well, number one, I think is still the plan is still even without a first round edge rusher. Uh, the plan is for him to play less. The plan is for him to be a more situational player. That's number one. Number two, and, uh, we had this discussion before. I don't, I don't think that's a linear path. Like I still think there is a good chance one of those top five edge rushers will not be there at fifteen. I think Walker's going two, uh, and I got ripped for that. And all of a sudden, he's going number two. I think that there's a good chance. I think Hutchinson's going number one. I think Thibodeau's top ten. I think Johnson has a chance to go in the top 10 now. And then that leaves Karloftis. Is he going to be there at 15? Maybe, but maybe not. And then the last thing you want to do, do you want to reach for the kid from Minnesota, Boye Mafe? I, don't, I, don't, I think that would be a reach at that point. So a lot of that depends on how the board falls. Correct. And, and it would be good for the Eagles if quarterbacks go, because obviously if quarterbacks, if there's two quarterbacks in the top 10, that's going to push 
probably one of the edge rushers down, but it's no guarantee one of those guys is going to be there. That's true. We're going to have to wait to draft night to know exactly how many are on the board when they come up at 15. All right, Mac and Mac guys, our one-year anniversary show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We appreciate you streaming in. Like, share, and subscribe. Coming back, we're hoping to have Rick Saratella of the NFL Draft Bible jump aboard with us here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, our one-year anniversary show. Uh, it's been fun and our pleasure to punch out Eagles opinion and info on you every single day for the last year, and we'll continue to do so for the next year. And when we need, we'll log on with others who can give us more information than we actually know. And we're going to do that right now with our buddy from the NFL Draft Bible, his uh, podcast on uh, Sports Illustrated leading up to the NFL draft and catch each and every single day. Rick Saratella here with us on uh, Birds 365. 
I the state of football. What banner you got over your left shoulder there, Shavit? You know, it's the morning show, Mac and Mac. Happy anniversary, by the way. I had to bring the goatee to the show for the one oh, year. <laughs> Much too dark for our liking, yeah. but we appreciate yeah. the effort. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying over here. But yeah, we we got the morning show ramping back up for the draft season. We got a, a slew of guests coming on leading up to the draft during the draft. We'll have the live stream coverage. For those of you who are looking for a little alternative analysis and not so much powder puff fluff, we say. Yeah, powder puff. And and by the way, Rick, you know, one of the great things about the NFL draft is all the curveballs along the way. We got a big one uh, yesterday surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, and the New Orleans Saints. You know, how does that shift your view? What does that tell you when you see somebody like Mickey Loomis? We'll do it from the Saints perspective first and make that move, which doesn't look good on paper for him. He's obviously got an idea. He's got a plan. And people automatically assume quarterback, quarterback, quarterback when you make this type of move. Well, if he wants a quarterback, he's probably got to make another move uh, and do sort of what the Eagles did back when they had Carson Wentz. People forget they moved up once, then they had to move up again. Is that your thought? Was that your first thought when you saw this trade? No, I think, I don't think it's quarterback there. Cause you know, you're not trading into a prime position to be in, in, in a spot to take the quarterback of your choice. You're just hoping that somebody you like falls to you at 16 or 18 or whatever they're picking now. So for me, the saints, what they see is, the Rams model. I think if you go back to the Alvin Kamara draft, they did some moving and shaking and, and gave up some draft equity and found themselves five contributors that kind of rebuilt the roster on the fly. And I think the Saints have done well uh, in the draft in recent seasons over the last six or seven years. So you, you have a team who's financially strapped with the salary cap. And, hey, why not move into – because let's be honest, I can count on one hand how many franchise type of players are in this year's draft after the top six. I mean, 16, 26, 50, uh, there's not much of a drop-off there. So I think the Saints are just kind of getting in position to find themselves a, a quality contributor that they can plug and play at a cost-effective of, price here. And we've seen teams like the Rams give up that future draft equity and, and compensate down the road. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to stick with the quarterback aspect of this. Um, you've got your rankings. I got mine, John, as, as everybody has opinions. I think generally speaking, everyone could say this is not a great quarterback draft. It could turn into one five years from now, but on paper right now, it doesn't look that way. Where are the quarterbacks coming off? If you have to go team specific to it, if you just want to say generally, I look at this player as a value add, Top 10, top 15, first round, non-first round, as we've uh, been through everybody's pro days and we're now uh, just three weeks and change away from the draft. Where, where is this quarterback draft sitting in your evaluation? I know there's going to be at least two. And I think the Panthers are, are, are the, the first spot in the pecking order at six because you know, Matt Rule, uh, Kenny Pickett actually committed to Temple before he p- committed to Pittsburgh then decommitted once Rule went to Baylor. Plus, David Tepper, the Panthers owner, is a graduate of Pittsburgh. And, you know, you had the three of them, Tepper, Scott Fitterer, the GM, and Matt Rule at Kenny Pickett's Pro Day. And I can't get the image of them 
on the sidelines telling Pickett to remove his glove, show us how you grip the football. So, I mean, I'm just reading the tea leaves there. I, I have to imagine that if the Panthers don't pull the trigger, that says a lot about Kenny Pickett. And, and, I, and I think that if the Panthers do choose to bypass a quarterback there, I think Pickett could slide all the way to 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, oh, by the way, share a training facility with the Pitt Panthers and would be as yeah. comfortable as anyone uh, selecting Kenny Pickett if, if they are. After that, you know, I think Malik Willis goes round one. I'm not I'm not buying what the Falcons and Seahawks are selling us. I, you know, Marcus Mariota has durability issues. If you look at the way that contract is structured, it's more of a backup deal. And I just find a hard hard time believing I've seen Drew Locke play. I I don't know the Seahawks are ready to go to battle with one Drew Locke. So I could see Malik Willis coming off the board. Uh, I, I think the Falcons are at eight and the Falcons could be in play to either, uh, trade back, and if they don't take a quarterback, I think Falcons and Jets will be the receiver destinations in the top 10. We'll get to that in a moment. But to me, Willis and Pickett are the two lockdowns or the two locks for the first round. And then I'm starting to believe that if there is a third quarterback in the back end of the first round, maybe a team trades up. But Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, I think, is going to be the next guy, fellas. Wow. Yeah, it could be the 32. Move up to 32 or or maybe, you know. Uh, who has 32? Detroit, right? Yeah, with the Rams. The deal yeah. that they made with Stafford. Uh, who knows? They, they're they in the market for a quarterback, so they might not even. They might love taking the quarterback at number 32 overall. Uh want to talk about edge rushers, Rick, because Jody and I have been talking about that a lot. It's an obvious need here in Philadelphia. But I want to talk about the David Ojabo injury and how that kind of affects things because he had six top tier edge rushers and long term, I mean a job still might be in that category, but it's going to be hard for someone to take that leap now mid first round. So you have that top five and we're talking Hutchinson, we're talking Walker, Thibodeau, uh, Johnson, Karloptis. So if you have Karloptis and I don't know your rankings, but you know, most have Karloftis as number five in that that group, I would say. But as a whole, how quickly do you think that fifth guy is off the board? Because I think it's going to be pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think the edge rushers are going to be fast. They're going to be furious. And if you don't pull the trigger on round one, well, you, you might be left holding a sack in round two. And so uh, in terms of a job, man, what a tough injury to see. Uh, I think the Eagles kind of rolled the dice with, with the Sidney Jones coming out of Washington, who was a first round pick and fell to round three. Yeah. I think it was. I think because the pass rushers are coming off the board so fast, so furious, a job who still goes day two. I think he's a top 50 pick. My preference would be for a contending team to take him because he was a raw upside kind of guy to begin with. I would just redshirt him his first year if, if I had my preference. And so I do think he slides out of the first round because of that for me. Carl Aftis is three. I call him the Greek God. Uh, I remember true freshman year. I went into Penn State. This kid was dominating guys. Uh, if you're looking for a guy that has strength, that has technique, that has a high floor, well, Carl Aftis is, is a plug and play guy that, you know, he's he's going to be, he's not going to be leading the league in sacks, but he's going to be up there seven, eight, nine, maybe double digit sacks a year in and year out. I like his polish. Um, 
Jermaine Johnson, I thought, did really well for himself at the Senior Bowl. We talked about that last time I was on the show. I thought he he stated the case that he was the best player down at in Mobile, and I think I think you're right, uh, John. I think he could slide into that top ten equation if there's, especially if there's not a quarterback. Uh, for me, Kayvon Thibodeau is still the best player in the draft. I'm not buying any of this hoopla, the nonsense. Uh, I think he's a super, far superior player than Aiden Hutchinson. I think he has way more potential upside much better dip, rip, bend, strength, uh, dominating presence. Uh, he's an alpha, guys. I mean, this is an alpha, you know, cream of the crop, top blue chip prospect. Aiden Hutchinson, I'm sorry. I just don't think he's a slam dunk number one in my opinion. Could he be, could he be a contributing player? Sure. I just don't see him as a cornerstone type of player. All right. So uh, I give you credit because you've been touting Thibodeau as the best player in the draft before the year, during the year. Not even close. Year. Not so even close. Stuck to your guns. Good for you on that one. Oh, by the way, I know one person who agrees with you. That would be Kayvon Thibodeau, who came out and said this week, <laughs> if I'm not the number one pick, there's something wrong with the ludicrous. <laughs> that that is an alpha statement, if ever I've heard one. All right, so I'm gonna hold you down. I'm gonna hold your feet to the fire. The five guys, if we assume a job who's gonna fall either to the late first round or into the second round, the five defensive edge pass rushers. How many are off the board in the first 14 picks if the Eagles at number 15 are looking at a potential pass rusher of the five? None left, one left, two left. I think it's a foregone conclusion that the top three are all gone in the 14 picks, Thibodeau, uh, Walker, and uh, uh, Hutchinson. But Carlathis and Johnson are maybes, probably used to be off, but give us your top 14 after that, how many of the defensive ends are left out of the top five, if any? I, I think you're hoping that either a Karlaftis or Johnson slides to you. And I think there's a real possibility because if you if if you assume like I'm going to that there's going to be two quarterbacks in the in the top 10 or the top 15, I think there definitely will be. Then you start doing the math on the offensive tackles. And, and there's going to be at least three, possibly four before the Eagles come up and pick. So you start doing the math, four defensive ends, four offensive tackles, two quarterbacks, two receivers. I think there's a good chance that either Karlaftis or Jermaine Johnson slides. If I had to guess, I think Jermaine Johnson is the one that slides, but uh, I think there's more love for Karlaftis around the league than, than people may realize. He's not the sexy, luxurious pick, but I would bet that uh, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State would be the guy who slides. All right, Ricky, you mentioned uh, receivers, two potential receivers. That, to me, Howie Roseman are, are, always talks about uh, what's your favorite flavor at positions. I see guys, a lot of people have Garrett Wilson, number one, others like London. Kind of depends what type of, of receiver you want. It's an annual tradition. It's become an annual tradition like no other wide receiver in Philadelphia. The Eagles are always looking at wide receiver. Just they can't figure out that position as a whole. They got one with Devontae Smith. They might be in the market again, and 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 here we are. What what's your take on the top of the receiving board? What who's the best player? What's the best player for if you want an X? If you want a certain type of player, it, it, are guys better suited to do certain things, or is there one well-rounded sort of star? Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson type receiver. 
Well, the first option I'm exploring is, is, is that fellow over there in Seattle that might look pretty good. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> if I if I can get expensive, me some... though, expensive. But hey, talk about taking your offense to the next level. I mean, what does DK Metcalf do for Jalen Hurts as opposed to Drake London, who, let's be honest, he's not even going to be ready until midway through the season, which I think, you know, he has a pro day scheduled for April 15th. I think originally it was scheduled for April 5th. So already he had to move that back 10 days. I'm hearing that, you know, he's kind of a second half injection uh, that maybe the Packers in the back end of the first round, if he slides down, could could use a guy, a veteran team. And I think that hurts Drake London, who to me, he is a wide receiver one. He's a guy that can line up on the boundary. He could uh, be that go-to big play threat. He's got size. He's got length. He's got speed. He's got quickness. He's got hands. He's got explosive big play ability. So to me, Drake London is the best player. Now, how much does he get deducted for possibly missing the first half of the season? I think that opens the door for Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State who, you know, some people do feel like he is a wide receiver one at the next level. I think in an ideal world, he's a a, a, a starter, but he's more of your complement wide receiver. I don't think he brings as much big playability as Drake London, but man, he could do a lot of different things. He can line up inside. He can line up inside, outside, uh, you know, be on these end arounds as his teammate, Chris Olave, who I think is, you know, more of a uh, Kadarius Tony type of guy that you can. Oh, that you scares know, me. Well, you know, you can kind of get the ball in, in space and let him do his thing. And and so, you know, I'm not sure that Alave is a guy that I want to take in the top half of the first round, but I definitely understand the value in the back end of the first round. There's a lot of depth at wide receiver. I think that's another position that's pretty healthy. And that could be uh, surprising. You know, again, if, if the Falcons bypass on a quarterback at eight, I do think they go wide receiver considering their their situation there. I think the Jets are are a very strong candidate. At, at, I don't think they go four. I think four might be Sauce Gardner for them, but I think at 10, they got to be in play for a wide receiver. So uh, I do think, you know, there's going to be two, two receivers off the board in round one when the Eagles come up. Another position we want to get an educated uh, guess on is cornerback. If the Eagles – don't get a defensive end. Maybe they take a wide receiver right now. They got 15 and 19. So they got two picks in play. Cornerback is somewhere that they definitely will be looking because uh, they're open to a uh, starting cornerback right now. They haven't signed any in free agent. Stephen Nelson's still out there. Uh, assuming Sauce Gardner and you just kind of mock them to the Jets at four, which I, which I think is a distinct possibility. If he's off the board, of the next couple, Stingley, McDuffie, are they both going to be there at 15? Is one going to be there and one gone? Is neither one going to be there? How do you see the corners coming off the board? If you've got sauce number one, which I assume you do if you haven't gone to the Jets at four, uh, what's your order between Stingley and McDuffie? Is there a big difference between those two guys? Yeah, I have sauce number one for, for this upcoming season. But, you know, when we look back 10 years from now, and if you told me Derek Stingley was the best player in this year's draft, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, my my top three <laughs> players all come with big question marks, and that would be Stingley and, and Kyle Hamilton, who I'm sure we'll touch base on. But to me, Stingley, 
you can state a case. He's he's the most talented player in this year's draft class. I mean, you could go back two years ago and, and turn on the film. This guy was a lockdown corner. He was an explosive return man. He shut down Jamar Chase day in and day out during those Tigers practices. And and there's film out there that that proves that. Now, the Liz Frank is a scary thing. It's scary enough for me to be a little bit leery to invest a first round pick because, I mean, especially if you're in the top half of the first round, you want a guy who's going to contribute immediately. I don't want a guy that, you know, hey, we got to hold our breath every single time. The, the Liz Frank can very easily break again. And so in that foot, it, it's concerning, but it's also uh, to me when I just evaluate talent, I think Derek Stingley's best cornerback in the Don't tell me the Ricky didn't freeze up on us. We got we got frozen up, and I wanted to get to obviously. And there are we Rick. back? Yeah, yes, we're back. We're back. Um, I did. You brought up Kyle Hamilton there, Rick, and uh, that's a player. I think that's the best pure football player in the draft. But he didn't run well at the combine. He ran even worse at his pro day. So I want to get your thoughts on how far he might fall, and two other players. Because personally, I remember my first Eagles mock. You know how mocks go. People kill you. I had Trayvon Walker going number 15 to the Eagles. Uh, that's a pipe dream now. How high do you think he's going to go? And then the third player, and, and Jody will love this because I got killed for this, Travis Jones, the big kid from, from UConn. Um, to me, if you want a zero one, obviously you want Jordan Davis, but he's going to go pretty high. Is is he the second best sort of big interior defensive tackle in this draft? Yeah, I, I would put Travis Jones up there, and you know Jordan Davis to me is a, is another wild card type of player because you know he had one of the most historic pro days we've ever seen. Yeah, uh, you know in terms of uh, size and and forty and ten yard split. And wow, just an incredible physical specimen. And I actually had a chance. Uh, shout out to Joe Cross, by the way. I saw him at the Maxwell Club Awards, as I did Jordan Davis. And, and I yeah. said, Jordan, I said, what do you make of this, you know, third down pass rush criticism that you were taking out? And he said, you know, I, I did some soul searching. I, I, I looked in the mirror and he said, I spent the entire draft season working on my pass rush. He's like, I hear you. And so... You know, he could have went a lot of different directions with that answer. I thought he showed a really good maturity about him and, you know, very humble player. Uh, also, that that Georgia defensive line was pretty uh, spectacular, yeah, pretty too. Good. I mean, they get yeah. two, three deep uh, first round picks. Yeah. I mean, they got backups that are going to go top 50 here. And so uh, Travis Jones out of UConn, you talk about a guy who doesn't have the power five pedigree. Right. So he wasn't on the national uh, stage prime time week in week out but he just quietly went about his business uh, I've been around the UConn football program the, the coaches rave about his work ethic his leadership and just another big gargantuous guy who's nimble for his size brings incredible strength uh, I, I like what Travis Jones I think he's a dark horse candidate he doesn't really get mocked a lot in the round one but I, I think you know Travis Jones could sneak into the to the back end of the first round Right, but you don't see him at number nineteen, do you? No, I think that's a little little too rich. Okay, Johnny Mac's still rooting. Yeah, um, DJ's got him in the first round now, uh, Rick. Uh, Jane Brugler's got him in the first round now, and uh, 
there was a third. Oh, Todd McShay's got him in the first. So people are starting to recognize. And you know, when those guys start to shift, then all of a sudden everybody else starts to shift. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like a, a, a weak lag or so. As Ricky just said, and he could go in the first round. I'm just not seeing him going to the Eagles at either 15 or 19. I'm preparing but. my dunk. There you go. Feel free. <laughs> oh, if he gets picked, you can take a victory lap and a half, Johnny Mac. Um, you kind of dropped off on us the corners. Give us your ranking. Who's going to be available? Gardner gone. Are the Eagles going to have their choice between McDuffie and Stingley? You think Stingley's that good, but he's got the injury issues and the like. Uh, you gave us your belief on what he could be. Give us your belief on where they will be drafted. Eagles on the board at either 15 or 19. They're going to have a choice of Stingley and McDuffie, either, neither, or how do you think they come off the board, Rick? I, I think Stingley will be a possibility. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes top 10 or round two in terms of Stingley. I like him as the number one corner. I think McDuffie might be the cleanest player in terms of, you know, he fits into just about every scheme. Uh, he's very technically sound, great backpedal, good footwork. <clears throat> I think the one, the one uh, box he doesn't check off is, is probably height and length and size. So if you're looking for a knock on McDuffie, he doesn't have the prototypical height, uh, but he is a very clean, one of the cleaner players in round one. And I do think he'll be right in the middle of the first round. I could see McDuffie between 15 and, and 25 there. And then, you know, I think Kair Elam from, from Florida could possibly sneak into the back end of the first round with, with again, the pedigree, the size, the athleticism, uh, I think those are those are all players that are probably in the fold there. Uh, when you were bouncing off a little bit there, Rick, I mentioned Hamilton. So I do want to get the question in on him because to me, I mean, that, that kid's great. I think he's the best pure football player in this draft. I've been there since day one. I'm going to be there at the end. Obviously, he's not going to go number one because of the position. He was never in that conversation. He's certainly not going to go um number one now that he's run poorly at both the combine and the pro day but how how far do you think he would potentially fall could it be one of those shockers on draft day that we see him at in the mid-range and the eagles would have to make a difficult decision because they don't value that position but boy that kid at 15 oof yeah, I mean, arguably the best player, you know, to me, a top three player. And I, I think it's a possibility. I'm hearing now that Kyle Hamilton could drop out of the top 10 altogether, oof, which is oof. fascinating, all because of a four, five, nine, 40 yard dash at the combine. And, you know, listen, I don't put too much stock or emphasis in these pro day 40s. And, and a couple of people want to leak, hey, he was in the low four sevens. Hey, I'm going to stand by the combine time, even though it's not too great, four, five, nine. I turn on the film, guys. I mean, this guy can play almost any position. He lines up in the box. He can play either safety position. He can line up in the slot. I mean, this guy is just an incredible, uh, in terms of a center fielder, a guy that, you know, I even heard, even though he wasn't used as a pass rusher at Notre Dame, you hear scouts who think he could do it. He could be a blitzing safety up front at the line of scrimmage. And it's interesting because Brian Dawkins was also being – uh, honored at the Maxwell Club. I said, Brian, you familiar with this Kyle Hamilton kid out of Notre Dame? He said, yeah. I said, what do you think about the the safety stigma? Could you could you take a safety number one or, or top overall high up in the draft? He said, you know, based on the devalued 
uh, safety position. He said, I couldn't do it based on knowing that other teams don't value the safety position. But I got to tell you guys, at 15, you know, hand me the keys to the Cadillac. I'm zooming up to the podium if Kyle Hamilton falls that far. All three of us agree on that. We all love the player. Uh, and I don't think it's got a prayer of happening. Smarter minds will uh, make a wiser decision on draft night. There's no way he comes down to 15, but we'll see. Um, it is the Eagles we're talking about. And while we say sing Howie Rose's praise for what he did yesterday, think he made a slam dunk winner of a trade with the Saints, but now the Eagles only have two first-round picks. You always have to consider the possibility that the Eagles are going to go onto the offensive line. They almost always do. They love to build from within and then out. They Right now with the roster, it doesn't look like it's a major need to take an offensive lineman, specifically an interior offensive lineman, but you can never count the Eagles out of that market. Tyler Lindebaum is a guy whose name has been kicked around plenty. He's the best center in this upcoming draft. How high is he in this year's draft for you? How does he compare to other interior linemen over the last couple of years that have been on your draft board? Yeah, I mean, I think you could put him in the same category as a Travis uh, Frederick that went in the first round. I think he's that good of a plug-and-play guy. The one knock you're hearing, I mean, it's going to rub a a lot of old-school traditional scouts in in a wrong way, but since he plays center, it's not – that huge of a deal we can live with it but he's got those alligator arms those 30 inch arms there's not a lot of uh separation there uh with Linderbaum but I think with with the pick though it makes a lot of sense because let's be honest guys I mean Kelsey's got one more year in him right and, and then you oh, can no, kinda... no 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 We've been one more year for four yeah. straight years. Kelsey's yeah. not done till Kelsey says he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not a bad contingency plan to have there. I was also at the Boston College Pro Day. And again, Zeon Z- Johnson was asked after the workout to do center drills, which I thought was interesting. So he came in a shade under six foot three at six foot two. You know, he's, he seems to gain an eighth of an inch from, uh, the all-star game to the to the combine to the pro day, he, he gains an eighth of an inch everywhere he goes. But he still lacks the prototypical height. For Philadelphia, I think mm-hmm. Zion Johnson has to be in play because he could start. I mean, you could even try him at right tackle and let him start off there like the kid in New England out of Georgia a couple years ago. And, and if he doesn't work out outside, well, then, hey, he could play any position inside. Now, my concern with Linderbaum, Rick, is I see Garrett Bradbury again. I remember people talking about Garrett Bradbury, how clean he was as a prospect and how athletic he was. And people would say he's the next Jason Kelsey. And guess what? As an athlete, he's stinking athletic, but he gets pushed around like, you know what? He gets pushed right back into the pocket. Did people get too enamored? in these comps sometimes because, you know, Jason Kelsey might be a unicorn to be able to play the center position at his size. And especially with all the powerful guys we talk about in the NFL interior, do you see some Bradbury sort of Linderbaum comparison? You know, I I think a couple things there. One, I I hate to put a yellow jacket comparison on any player coming out of college because it's so hard to project these guys 
to begin with. But to compare somebody to a yellow jacket, I mean, you're talking about an elite guy. That's not Linderbaum. He's not a top five. He's not even a top 10 pick in this year's draft. So I think it's a little bit unfair. What I will say in the Bradbury comparison, I think Linderbaum is a little bit more technically refined. Uh, Iowa has a long you know, history and track record sure. of putting out some very, you know, uh, fine tuned players, you know. And so I think that from a fundamental standpoint and an intelligent football IQ standpoint, Linderbaum checks off those intangibles. And, and that's why I think I'd give him a, a slight edge over uh, Bradbury coming out now. You know, Bradbury, I think, again, we fell victim to, to the combine, like Kyle Hamilton's going to fall victim in a negative way. Bradbury yeah. was, was a positive beneficiary from, from testing well. And I think, you know, that's the allure. Uh, and it's always been that way in the NFL. But I think in today's modern NFL, when you check off certain uh, uh, height, weight, speed, measurement categories, there's, you know, the, it's the, the old saying, you can't teach speed. And the NFL is fascinated by it. And if there's ever two prospects that are equal in talent on, on a team's board, nine times out of 10, they're going to go with the bigger athlete and, and, and speed. All right, Ricky, last one for me. And the Eagles made the deal that they did yesterday in part, big part, to give them flexibility going forward. As in next year, they now have two first round draft picks next year. And Jalen Hurts seems to be locked in as their quarterback this year. But everyone doubts going forward he's going to have to show it next year. I'm going to make you look 15 months into your <laughs> uh, crystal ball here. How good a quarterback draft is next year going to be? We certainly believe it's going to be better than this year. But is it going to be good enough where you're going to have one, two guys, three guys, top five, somewhere thereabouts? Who are those three guys uh, no, we've got a full season to go and a whole lot of work to go before we get to uh, late April 2023. But give us your read on next year's quarterback tra draft. How good, how bad, who are the top guys? Yeah, and, and real quickly, I know we didn't touch much. I'm sure you guys spent the whole show on it, but I like what Roseman did. He's got the job security. Now he's got the draft equity for future years. And the COVID-19 pandemic is kind of beefing up, including this year's draft in terms of depth. There's going to be a lot of depth. You know, last year there was only 725 players on our board. This year there's over 1,300. So there's almost double the amount of prospects in this year's draft, a trend you will continue to see in the next couple of years. And I think he added a 2024 second rounder. So he continues to build up that equity, which I liked a lot. Um, quarterbacks, you have the Alabama kid, Bryce Young. Had a chance to talk to him at the Maxwell Club. Again, very uh, low-key demeanor. Uh, spreads around the love and the credit it gives everybody but himself a lot of credit reminds me of Tua in, in that manner um, I think he's a guy that can make all the throws as can CJ Stroud from Ohio State and now both of these guys uh, are going to have size questions they're both hanging out around six foot tall maybe five foot eleven uh, maybe not as much a, a, of a label or a stigma as uh, you know, a decade ago, we've had some folks kind of kick down those barriers. So I think those are the two guys that everybody's looking at. Then you have some uh, wild cards. I think uh, the Miami quarterback Van Denmark is getting a lot of love early from scouts. Anthony Richardson from Florida, Will Levis from Kentucky. If you're looking for uh, a quarterback to come out of the dark and kind of skyrocket up the draft boards, I think those are your candidates. 
And uh, yes, for the record, it, it's going to be a much better uh, quarterback friendly draft class next year. All right, Rick, last one from me and Reed Rick, NFL Draft Bible at NFL Draft Bible on Twitter, obviously part of the SI Now Network, which I'm a part of. We like that at Fan Nation as well. The state of football, uh, NFL Draft Bible, uh, Rick, every morning now as we lead up to the draft. You saw Bryce Young up close. I was at the Maxwell. I saw Bryce. Uh, and you mentioned some of the size issues. Obviously, he's got the talent. How how concerned are you with with the size issues? Because I I don't you know maybe it's unfair, but I think quarterback, and I'd rather have a guy six three six four. Um, I got a little Kyler Murray vibe, uh, which is size wise, not mm-hmm. athletic uh, athletically, but and that's a great player. But I do think there's some limitations when when you are that small. Is that fair? I think it's very fair. I think Baker Mayfield is an example of that. I think he struggles a little bit because of his size. And, you know, Bryce, you know, I'm six foot on the button and Bryce looked like he was a shade smaller than me. So I, I have him probably like, like maybe 5'11". And, 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 you know, he he seemed like he was slightly shorter than me. So, you know, uh, to his benefit, he's still young and, and possibly growing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so... You know, to me, it stood out. It was an immediate, I would say, concern. Yes. Can I get over it? Sure. I have to, you know, hone in more on, you know, unless it's a situation where a guy is constantly uh, putting the ball on the carpet and he can't hold on to the ball or he's getting balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. And if I see that pop up and, and be a concern at the college level, well, then it, it's got to be a concern at the NFL level. And I do think hand size, you know, if you're a, a naturally smaller built guy, to me, Kenny Pickett's hand size is a big concern because you look at the turnovers, I think it's like 58 turnovers in 36 games or, or something to that effect. That's a lot of turnovers. It's a lot of lost fumbles. And, you know, if you have small hands, especially in the Northeast, hey, there's a reason why he's wearing gloves in Pittsburgh to hold on to the football and the NFL football. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I was bigger, and I think we saw that. We mentioned it earlier in the show with the Panthers to having him take off his gloves, show us how you hold the football. So I think it all, it all adds up. All these little details can can you, you can find all the little warts, but at the end of the day, you watch the film and you say, "Hey, this guy makes some electrifying throws." Plays, that, yeah. You know, so uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun case study. I think that 
both those guys, Stroud and Young, will will be uh, fascinating to watch because they are everything that today's NFL looks for. And they're everything that traditional scouts, when I first broke into the business, were anti. So uh, we're at that crossroads, I think, finally in the NFL. Ricky, we appreciate you coming on today. Worked out perfectly because I asked you to come on yesterday before the Eagles made the trade. Then they made the trade. So it gave us a chance to zero in exactly who's going to be on the board in the first round when the Eagles are up. Not with three picks, only two now. Uh, thank you for doing it with us. You know we're going to ask you back again uh, right before the draft takes place. Uh, thanks much for hopping on with us uh, today. No, I look forward to it. And again, happy anniversary, guys. I'm going to have to celebrate with another hot uh, yeah. cup of Joe. Is that, <laughs> is that how you got the, uh, the darkness in the beard? He's still in coffee <laughs> in his beard? No, he's a little younger than both Johnny Mac and yeah. I. But we... It's coming. It's coming, Rick, if you're yeah. still there. It's coming. He'll he'll be uh, white like the uh, Mac yeah. and Mac guys before he knows it. Uh, the White Beard's coming back here on Birds 365. Still got some Eagles stuff to get into. We got a good guest, uh, Benjamin Solak, coming up a little bit later. So don't even think about going anywhere here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
got the Mega Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Here we go on Birds 365. Thank Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible. Check them out, NFLDraftBible.com on Sports Illustrated. Be doing the podcast leading up to the draft from here on out, which is now just uh, 20-some-odd days away. And one thing Ricky did drop in our lap was if it were him. And he, like you, like I, was singing the praises of Howie Roseman for the deal he made yesterday to give him draft capital going forward. Um, He did mention the fact that if it were him, he might be nudging the Seattle Seahawks to think about uh, moving DK Metcalf to the Philadelphia Eagles. John, we've continued to beat it like a drum. Uh, The Eagles have yet to get a veteran wide receiver. Zach Pascal aside, and that's exactly where I'm pushing him aside because he's Zach Pascal, and I'm pushing him. Poor Zach Pascal. Far to the side. Yeah, yeah, you know that you're right. It, from everything that everybody says about him, and I had an indie guy on my CBS show. Great guy. As a matter of Great fact, guy. says good guy, sacrifices body, all aspects of the game, except he's not a great pass catcher and he doesn't put up big yards, which is kind of the most important thing, uh, everything. But um, they still haven't gotten a veteran wide receiver. Sorry, Zach, you don't count. And DK Metcalf would certainly fill that bill. It's going to be a first-round draft pick. It's the, the price. If it's more than that, then we know Howie Roseman likes to win the trade, so he's not going to overpay. How much do you think the price tag is going to be? Does one of the Eagles' two first-round draft picks get it done? Yeah, I think one of them would, but I don't think that's the problem from the Eagles' standpoint. I think the problem is the extension you're going to have to give them. And until I see the the Eagles willing to give that kind of an extension to a player at that particular position. It's hard to imagine them doing it. You know, on the other hand, I'd look at it and say, well, look, I mean, at some point they're going to have to do it. You see the, the, you know, most notably the quarterback prices. We talk about it all the time. Now you see the wide receiver prices, particularly with Devontae Adams and uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, and this is not that tier, but it's right under from a perspective of, of, of what he's going to want or somebody like A.J. Brown uh, in Tennessee, same thing. Um, are they going to be willing to go to that cost to bring in a player of that standpoint? To date, and I said, you know, I say this all the time, normally I'm a big fan of being disciplined and, and, and you know, but, you know, things change. And as I, I I bring up the Eagles set the precedent on dead money from that perspective, when we would say, well, that's crazy. Now it's not crazy because they set the new precedent. Well, guess what? I mean, you didn't set this precedent, but you can continue to shoot yourself in the foot if you want. But if you want to get into these conversations, that's what's going to have to occur. You're going to have to pay guys big money at the wide receiver position. And certainly at this stage, when we talk about guys not wanting to come here, you might have to pay a little bit of a tax on top of it to get them to want to come here, at least until Nick Sirianni proves he can put together an offense that will get a receiver of that caliber, the type of targets they're going to want. And the one thing I'll bring it all together in the bow, Jody, the one thing I criticized about this trade and probably the only thing for the Eagles is, hey, at least the Saints are looking at this landscape and saying, you know what? Maybe we can compete. Maybe we can compete in this crappy NFC. And the Eagles, I talk about it all the time, 
they're in a, well, we're not ready. We're not ready. Let's kick the can down the road. Cause that's exactly what they did. This is not a boat of confidence for the quarterback. This is, well, we don't like these quarterbacks. So let's kick the can down the road, get the next group of quarterbacks. At some point you got to leap at some point you got to try. And that's where I give the Sixers. The Sixers aren't winning Jack. You know what Jody, but I give them credit. I'm not going to criticize them. At least they tried. At some point, you got to get off the you know what. Understood. Here's why I'm okay uh, with what the Eagles did yesterday, uh, specifically from a philosophical standpoint. I agree with their evaluations of the quarterback position in three aspects. Number one is is Jalen Hurts good enough to be their quarterback for the next five years? Is he going to merit that second contract? The answer is still maybe. We'd like to know that it's a definite, or we'd like to know that it's a no, but we don't. It's still a maybe. And if it is, you have to hedge your bet. And hedging your bet could be getting a quarterback this year if it's merited. My opinion It's not. This isn't a good enough quarterback class to do that, to say, well, let's get our next guy. So what's your next option next year? Could that quarterback class uh, led by a a young, led by a Stroud, be good enough that you can take your two first-round draft picks, maybe have to add something else, get that guy that you want at the top of the first round? Yeah, might be. That's the only one that's even a maybe. The other twos are no's. So you need to make that move. I got zero problem, even though you're right. Uh, Stand alone. This will not help the Eagles in 2022. The move they made yesterday is going to help them in 2022. It subtracts a first-round pick, doesn't re-add a first-round pick. You, you, You should, by just value itself, not do as well in 22. You're going to be better for it in 2023, 24, 25, and so on down the road. And that's why it's a good deal for Howie Roseman. But he put 22 to a side for a very specific reason to give him more options next year. Now, if they had traded him for three first round picks in 27, 28, 29, that would really be kicking a can down the road. They didn't do that. They only took a one year step back, which I'm perfectly okay with because we are where we are with the quarterback position in this town right now. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm in the same camp. I, I think they did the right thing. I praised the trade glowingly uh, at the opening of the show, but there is that one little part of it that I think people don't uh, point out. I think it's fair to point out that, look, this New Orleans team lost to Ron Armstead, you know, um, Malcolm Jenkins retired. They lost Marcus Williams. They don't have a quarterback, really, you know, unless you like Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And they still look at the NFC landscape and say, "Eh, you know, we could probably compete in this track. Um, You know, they see an opportunity that the Eagles don't see. Um, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Are they probably kidding themselves? Yeah, probably. Um, But the sentiment I like the sentiment that, hey, this is an opportunity because this conference looks really weak compared to the other conference. I don't see that sentiment in Philadelphia. I think it's fair to point that out. And then there's the contradictory nature of this whole process. And 
look, the Eagles put themselves in this situation with their claims, which are, you know, fully you know what in reality. And uh, by that, I mean, well, we got to build up around Jalen Hurts. Well, you're not building up around Jalen Hurts. You're not when, building when, up around Jalen Hurts. When does that actually start, yeah. John? So, Jody, my point here is, well, they're giving Jalen Hurts another year. Are they? Are they? Because they're not building up around Jalen Hurts. And it seems to me, I take it the opposite direction. It seems to me they've made their decision already, but they don't like their options right now to move on, but they're moving on. They're not building around Jalen Hurts. They're not, they're not putting him in a position to succeed. I don't want to, you know, it's not the same thing as what the Sixers did because it's a different sport. You don't need to completely tank in, in the NFL. But there's a little bit of we know we're not good enough and we don't care until we think we're good enough. And I don't think that's the proper mindset to have in the National Football League. You and I agree on that. We're just in a little bit of a semantical debate in that I don't think they've made their mind up. Oh, I certainly think they're leaning. They're leaning toward we're going to be going in another quarterback direction in 2023. It's not a done deal. Jalen Hurts might come out and just wow the snot out of us, well, yeah, making, making Zach Pascal a 900-yard receiver. Yeah. I wouldn't bet well, on it, but but until it doesn't happen, you can't say it won't happen. You just can say you don't yeah, believe it's going to happen. You, you and I are on the same page there because the one luxury you have when you're on the field, you have control to if you just play well, they're not taking you off the field. So if you're on there, you have an opportunity. I'm just saying from the Eagles' actions, from the Eagles' actions, it's pretty clear what they're thinking and they are not despite their constant uh and they've said it numerous times you know how many times from jeffrey lord to harry roseman nick Sirianni, we got to build up around this kid well well you know i'm lucky <laughs> now i give them credit they tried to get a wide receiver i'm not saying they didn't try so they've done some things but they haven't accomplished it and they seem to be way too disciplined, the word I use all the time, to to sit here and, and lie to people and say, well, they really want to build up around Jalen Hurts. Because I don't see that, Jody. I don't see that. Yeah, the, the facts are not there. That they're, they, they, The words are there. The actions haven't followed through. Maybe they attempted to do some things yeah, close. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Uh, so getting close doesn't matter to me uh, if they have looked to upgrade the uh, weapons at Jalen Hurts' disposal. Uh, one quick theory I want to run by, and we got our next guest, Benjamin Solak, joining us in less than five minutes. Um, Saints, willing to give up a, uh, a future first-round draft pick, not worried about it, uh, need to get two first-round draft picks this year. We're all thinking quarterback, but that might not be the case at all. They've got Jameis coming back. Remember they signed Andy Dalton as their backup, who has, of course, been a starter in this year league, uh, Ian Book. They got a bunch of guys in the room. 
even though they've said Taysom Hill is not going to be invited into the room anymore, they're going to make him into a tight end. Yeah, I uh, I need to see how all that works out uh, for them. But, well, he's a better tight end than a quarterback, and I yeah, haven't seen him play that, tight end. That's so. probably true. Yeah. Um, but whether they do or don't take a quarterback, one of the things uh, they may be looking at is we can afford to give our first-round draft pick up be- for 2023 because uh, we'll be adding one during this upcoming offseason because after a year in the broadcast booth, Sean Payton is going to get the itch. And he's going to want to get back to the NFL sidelines. And if someone wants to hire Sean Payton as their new head coach, the asking price is going to start at a first round draft pick. Maybe it ends there too, but it's not going to be a third or fourth round pick. Oh no, you want Sean Payton. Yeah, we'll, we'll give up his rights, but it's going to cost you a first round pick that they think they can get their first right back uh, with Sean Payton coming back into the fold. That means they've got the luxury to trade a first-round draft pick this year. So even if it isn't a quarterback, they want to be better, kind of what you were just talking about. They want to be competitive here in 2022 when it's kind of an wide-open NFC. Let us get a piece to put in right now because we'll uh, replenish during the offseason with a compensation for our old coach. Well, you know – that could be the way it shakes out. I mean, I think everybody around this league thinks, you know, Sean's going to eventually coach again, probably the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that's been the thought process since he walked away. But I, I, I don't think you can operate. Like, I'm not going to give Mickey Loomis credit for that. I like your, your thought process. I like your theory. Well, I'm going to pick up a number one uh, for Sean Payton. I mean, A, Maybe he wants to sit out two years. Uh, you know, maybe the Cowboys go on a run. Uh, maybe that's the only team he wants to coach. So maybe you have to wait for that. So I don't think that could be part of your strategy. So I'm not going to give him credit for playing 3D chess and saying, I'm getting the first round pick back for Sean Payton. It may very well end up that way, but there's no way you should run your organization crossing your fingers and saying, well, I hope this shakes out. I hope this shakes out. And I hope this shakes out and we'll get a number one pick. Um, but I, I mean, I would, I would, I would think he could generate that when he does come back. Um, I will say that uh, he's well thought of enough. Jerry Jones would certainly sign off on it. I would think. Um, but I, I, I can't defend this trade. I it, as many and I the one thing the I I gave you the one thing I like about it from the Saints perspective at least they're they're looking at the landscape they see the same landscape I see and they say well this conference is crap and maybe we can be better than people expect and and turn this around uh, pretty quickly but I think if you look at on paper and the players they've lost starting with Armstead and Williams. Um, they look like a bottom 10 team to me more than a top 10 team. And, you know, if that turns into a top 10 pick, whew, that's an awful, awful trade for the New Orleans Saints. Right. And uh, I wasn't guaranteeing that uh, the Eagles were, uh, the Saints were going to get a first round pick for pay. I'm just putting it out there as a possibility. You're right. It's a gamble. You're rolling your dice. If that's part of your thinking, you're factoring that in as to why you can afford to give up next year's pick. If it happens, great. You're a genius. If it doesn't happen, yeah, you yeah. kind of left yourself in a lurch because, oh, by the way, 
if Jameis Winston isn't good enough. They don't take a quarterback this year, which if I'm a betting man right now, uh, we'll finish on this note and then we'll take a break and hopefully have Ben Solak to join us. Um, will the New Orleans Saints take a quarterback in the first round in this upcoming year's draft, Johnny Mack? I, I know Rick disagreed. I think they're making another move. I think there's another shoe to drop, and I think they're trying to go up to get a quarterback. I, I don't see why you do this for a positional player. I know I don't see what that gives you. Well, it see, it's not a, a – sorry to interrupt you, John, but I don't think it's a positional player. I think you hit on it. They see an opportunity to get better right here, right now, in 2022 when the NFC is more up for grabs. I don't think it's a targeting a player thing as much as it is, hey, we're pretty good. We can compete. Let's go get another player. Let's add another yeah, player maybe. who can help us this year. I, I mean, maybe. And, you know, I often talk about self-evaluation is the toughest thing in sports. So if they're looking in the mirror and saying, we're going to compete in this bad conference, again, I'd like the sentiment, but I think they're lying to themselves. Okay. So. I my my personal opinion is they're not going to take a quarterback, uh, which if they don't, and next year's quarterback class is good and they don't have that pick, they're going to dig themselves an even bigger hole. But I think they're playing for twenty twenty two. That's why I think they made this trade, not the necessarily. I like that sentiment, but I think they're they're not self evaluating. They're not self self scouting correctly. He is John McMullen. I am Jody McDonald. Scheduled to join us next is uh, Benjamin uh, Solak, uh, former writer for our buddy BLG at Bleeding Green Nation, now doing NFL coverage for The Ringer. Ben Solak next here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. of life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen, I would be Jody McDonald. You got a Mac and Mac Birds 365 one-year anniversary show a year ago uh, today. Uh, we got this bad boy underway here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate your streaming on in and with us on a daily basis. Right now, we got over 300 people watching, and we thank each and every single one of you. While we've got that big a number, do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the channel, specifically this show. You found us here in year number one. Make the most of year number two. We plan on being here for you. Uh, we also planned on having Ben Solak here, but we're having some trouble getting Ben punched up here, former Bleeding Green Nation guy who's now doing it for the ringer these days. If and when uh, we get him up, we will punch him up and we'll uh, get his take on the birds where they're at this offseason. The big trade yesterday with the Saints to move out of one of their three first-round draft picks this year and add a second uh, draft pick. I did look it up. The Eagles are not the only team as of right now that has two first-round draft picks next year. Um, the Seahawks, they traded that Wilson guy, which gave them a second first-round draft pick. The Texans, because they traded that Deshaun Watson guy, have two first-round draft picks. The Chiefs, which I'll bank on them being below the Eagles in the draft this next year, even without Tyree Kill. But they have their own pick and now the uh, Dolphins first round pick. So there are other teams that have two first round draft picks going forward for next year where they're going to fall. Yeah, we got to play a whole season before we figure that out. But uh, it isn't like the Eagles are on an island by themselves. And oh, by the way, as we sit here right now, and I think there's a chance that at least one of these two teams will do something for quarterback this year, which might take them out of the market next year. The Seahawks and the Texans have a more dire need for a quarterback than the Eagles do right now. We can question yeah. Jalen Hurts all we want. Yeah. Who would you rather take your, your your chances with, the Texans quarterback or the Eagles quarterback going forward, Johnny Mac? That's a good. You a question. Davis Mills guy? I'm I'm more of a Davis Mills guy than most people, but I would I would I I think it's closer than people think. But I would slightly lean towards Jalen Hurts, but I do think it's closer than people think. We had I had uh, John uh, McClain. Little did I know that when I had John McClain on about three weeks ago uh, to talk about the Deshaun Watson deal, that it would be the last time I would have John McClain on as the lead writer for the Houston Chronicle. Oh, we're still going to get John McClain on because John McClain's not going to forget everything that he's learned about football over the last 50 years. Oh yeah. We're still going to have him on. He just won't be an accredited guy carrying, covering the team. Um, but he did say he's uh, put out some stats there 
that Mills's number is actually the best of any rookie quarterback over the last four weeks he's of the season. He, he's better than people think. I'm glad. I'm, I'm. I'm glad you went that way. I thought John was going to blow me up and say no. He, he didn't. Oh, I'm going to blow you up. I don't believe no. the numbers for a millisecond. Um, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, they were already basically eliminated from him, not looking over his shoulder at all. Uh, he was handed the job and just said, just go out and have fun with it. Uh, I think he's a uh, mediocre quarterback waiting to happen. Now, um, he, well, a couple things. Um, I, it's not about numbers for me. Um, you know me. I'm not a numbers guy in general, but I do think he's got some talent. And I do think he's a mediocre quarterback but i think the eagles quarterback is a mediocre quarterback so i'm kind of grading on that scale i think he's got the potential to be a little bit better i i i kind of said with rick well you know number one i i kind of try to frame things through an eagles lens which i which i tell you all the time i i think he's the type of quarterback nick would want for this team number one you know, he's a big guy, he's 6'4", he can throw from the pocket, he can um, do some things as far as uh, moving the ball around, and uh, that's what Nick wants to do. Yeah, he wants see, to maybe play I 11 personnel. Maybe I didn't answer the question, John. I don't care how Davis Mills looks in an Eagle system because I don't believe he's coming here. I'm just yeah. asking you who you think is going to be a better quarterback going forward in whatever system they are. Right now we know Mills is in the – Texan system and Hertz is in the Eagles system. So judging them against each other in their own particular systems, who do you think is going to be a better and more successful quarterback? I I think Jalen is better right now, and I think Davis has the potent, potential to be a little bit better long term. But ultimately, I think they're both mediocre quarterbacks. Fair That's enough. How I would uh, answer. I that. I think Jalen is better now, and I think Jalen will be better in the future. That's my evaluation of Davis Mills. He doesn't do much for me uh, anywhere. And, oh, by the way, uh, the Seahawks. Drew Locke, big fan? No. Compare, compare Drew Locke and uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I don't like Drew Locke a little bit. So I don't think he's mediocre. Nor does he have the potential to be mediocre. Um, no. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being, you know, I always say there's, you know, Jalen Hurts is a solid NFL starting quarterback. And there's no, there's no, that's not a criticism. Um, but, you know, because of the explosion of salaries and because of where we are in this industry, you got to make difficult decisions with those types of players. In many ways, that's the most difficult decision of all, of all because you probably can't do better than Jalen Hurts right now. Not probably. You definitely can't do better. But you also don't want to pay him $30, 35000000 million a year. And they don't have to. So they have that luxury right now. But it's coming. It's coming quickly. And it's coming quicker than people realize. And that's what complicates matters a little bit more and creates a little bit more of a sense of urgency. That's why I think uh, we debated a little bit on what the Saints are looking to do here this year with the deal with the Eagles to get a second first-round pick. I think it's just to improve the football team and get better, not necessarily for a quarterback. The Seahawks might be a team 
that tries to finagle and it's had one more move left in them to try and get to a position that takes a quarterback this year. Because one thing I've learned about the Seahawks this offseason, oh, they'll bold face lie to you. I watched Pete Carroll from the NFL Combine look right in the camera and say, we have no intention of trading for Russell, uh, trading Russell Wilson. Look, dead in the camera and said it. Ten days later, he was yeah. a Denver Bronco. So they say what they have to say. They do what they have to do. Uh, John McMullen's favorite phrase, which I ball all the time, they're not under oath. Uh, yeah, the Seahawks may say they're not in the market for a quarterback in this up year's coming draft. I'll take that with a grain of salt. I do believe that the Saints are looking to do something else other than take a QB. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints have a real desire to get their hands on either a Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, or maybe they're a Matt Corral guy. I know you and I have a different opinion after. If we all accept that uh, Pickett and Malik are probably going to be the first two taken off the board, you kind of like Sam Howell. I kind of like Matt Corral. I think he is certainly the third. I actually think he's the second best quarterback. I think he's going to be better than Malik Willis. For whoever was listening earlier in the show, I did not say Malik Willis was going to be Patrick yeah, Mahomes. You did. It's no, out there. I didn't. It's out and there in the ether, Jody. Let me double down again. Yeah. I don't think Malik Willis is going to be Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I don't think Malik Willis is going to be Matt Corral at the NFL rec, uh, level, as a matter of fact. So I have him as my second man quarterback behind Pickett. Um, yeah, I think the Seahawks may be in play for a quarterback this year. They should be. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, it's interesting because that's obviously an organization that had a su- sustained level of success uh, for a long period of time with Russell Wilson, basically until last year. I mean, Russell was the winningest quarterback of all time, you know, for his first seven seasons, first eight seasons, you know. Uh, they just won a lot of football games um, over a long period of time, and and they took advantage of that window, and now that window's closed. And you, you're permitted to take a little bit of a step back, and they're doing that right now, and sports is cyclical. I always talk about that. And ultimately, you're going to have to turn things over for everybody. Everybody's leasing. Nobody owns in this league. Um and, you know, it's always a difficult transition, but I find it very hard to believe they're going to line up with Drew Locke as their starting quarterback week one of the NFL season. I, I don't think – and if they do, not that they can't. Obviously, you can. Uh, he's played before. He is not going to be, you know, Nathan Peterman, but uh, he, he's, not, he's not a good NFL starting quarterback. And I can't imagine Pete Carroll sitting there and John Snyder sitting there and saying, well, let's not try, let's try, let's shut down every other avenue. I mean, there's no loyalty to Drew Locke. There's no, there's no need to say, oh, we can't upset Drew Locke. I mean, you got to try to get better from Drew Locke, don't you? You have to. Uh, I don't see how they don't try and do better, but they haven't to this point, but Maybe they really do like someone in the draft class, and maybe they're just trying to get their ducks in a row to be able to pull that off. I I do want to ask you one other question, John, because uh, you and I have broached this many times over the last several weeks here on Birds 365. Your sources told you that the Eagles were very interested and actually pretty damn close to trading for Calvin Ridley, uh, that they had had extensive conversations with the Falcons and it seemed like a deal very much could get done. 
and that the Falcons kind of pulled back from the deal. And we're speculating now they had gotten wind that the NFL was going to take a stance against Mr. Ridley because of the illegal gambling stuff. And he was going to get suspended. No, by the way, that's exactly what happened out for the entire year. So it put the kibosh on the Eagles trade and you give the Eagles whatever credit you think they deserve, because at least they were trying to get another wide receiver. I'm kind of a bottom line guy who says close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Doesn't matter that they were close. They didn't get it done. It wasn't their fault, but they didn't get it done. And I still think they need a veteran wide receiver. One guy that we've kicked around a bunch over the last week or so has been Devontae Parker of the Dolphins because they went out and got Tyreek Hill. And we assume Parker was going to be available. He ends up getting dealt for a third round pick. And though, by the way, the Dolphins get back, uh, the Patriots also get back a fifth round pick. So it's not just a flat third. It's a moving up of two rounds from a fifth to a third with all the compensation necessary for Devontae Parker. I think that's a stone cold steal for the Patriots. I couldn't believe the Dolphins made the trade in division. Um, I did see on uh, Florio's site pro football talk that there were other teams that were interested, including the Cowboys, including the Texans, including the Falcons, and including the Packers. No mention of the Eagles in there. Do your sources tell you that the Eagles didn't like the player? That they didn't get involved in any conversation about potentially acquiring him after the Tyreek Hill was, trade was made? That doesn't make any sense to me with the veteran wide receiver need in place here in Philadelphia. Why weren't the Eagles a team that was mentioned? Mike Florio doesn't know everything, but he's pretty damn good. Uh, and he went so far as to name four teams in addition to the one he got traded to, none of which were the Philadelphia Eagles. Why was that? Um, yeah, I don't think they were interested in the player. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, I see both sides, but I, I kind of said yesterday, it's a 29 year old guy. It's, you know, I talk about being disciplined. Sometimes it's good. Mostly it's good. Sometimes it's bad. I, I said in a vacuum, I have no problem with them passing on this player. The problem is you're not in a vacuum and they've already missed out on four players they would have preferred to have. So sometimes if you plan A doesn't go right, plan B, plan C, plan D, sometimes you got to go to plan E. Exactly. He'd be better than what they have. Um, but then you start talking about, okay, if you're down to plan E on, on the veteran side of it, well, maybe it is better to go on the draft side of it if you don't like the player. Um I, I don't think they like the player. I I do think, you know, as I said, 29 years old, pretty significant injury history, 1,000-yard season. He's never really been that explosive. Um, is he better than Zach Pascal? Yeah, but I'd rather have, you know, if they're going to go the Garrett Wilson, Chris, although Rick just scared the hell out of me by comparing Chris Salave to um, Kadarius Tony, because the Eagles have shown no ability to take advantage of a player with that type of skill set. So that scares the living hell out of me. But, you know, maybe it's better to go uh, draft than plan E, although I would 
rather have a veteran presence, but they just don't like the player. So if you don't like the player, you don't like the player. Right. And that's why I asked the question. Maybe they don't. I would disagree with their evaluation. I think the player is significantly better than what they have at wide receiver whose name isn't Devontae Smith. Um, and his one 1,000 yard season is more than um, it's more any, than Devontae Smith, <laughs> right? More than any wide receiver on the Eagle roster right now has ever put up. Combine them all, put them together. What's the number? Zero. Well, that's true. That's true. Which, but which I will say, Devontae Parker. I I will say, and I I have to look at um, you know Devontae's been playing what, seven years, eight eight whatever. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So this will be his seventh year. Um, if 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 Devontae Smith is in his seventh year and he only has one a thousand yard season and his best season other than that is seven ninety three, I would be extremely disappointed and extremely even more as surprised. But I would be extremely disappointed. While I agree with you, there is another factor you need to bring into that conversation. If you're going to compare the two Devontae's and say seven years out, uh, what is Devontae Parker scheduled to make this year? Uh, five, five and a half million, somewhere right. in that range. What, what do you assume Devontae Smith is going to be well, making I, in he's year be seven making a of lot. his contract? He's going to be making a lot, but he's going to deserve a lot. The question is, are the Eagles going to pay him? Because, you know, that's, they don't see, seem that, to That's why pay I'm making this argument for Devontae Parker. If, and you've painted a pretty good picture here, John, you're selling me. The Eagles don't want to acknowledge and or move the needle along with the rest of the National Football League that wide receivers are now top flight ones. I'm not even talking about Tyreek Hill because he's 25 I'm talking about that next run down, rung down between 15 and 20 million per. If they don't want to jump into that neighborhood yet, oh, Devontae Smith is going to jump in there soon enough. But even if you did what needed, do you need to address it now? And you don't want to get into that neighborhood. You don't want to play with DK Metcalf. You don't want to play for uh, um, who's the other wide receiver who's uh, uh, one year away from being AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Uh, you don't want to do that. Okay. Well, you've got Devontae Parker. He's not those two players. You're right. But he's very reasonably priced for the next two years. Which is more important, the high-level talent and production end or the affordable end? The Eagles are shying away from both. Shame on them. They need a veteran wide receiver. Got to well, get somebody I, yeah, in here. Not... Zach Pat, we're back to Zach again. I feel bad this is all landing on Zach Pascal's shoulders, but he is what he is, and what he is isn't good enough. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, it, look, I've been talking about this forever, um, and <laughs> it, they haven't gotten it done. And uh, you, we've mentioned the four names time and time again. Two on the trade market, uh, two on the free agent market. They haven't been able to get it done. Um, it's only at that stage, and and that you know, I understand. You're this is this is a game both on the field and off it, that you're you're defined on results. And the result is they didn't get it done. Um, so I'm not giving them credit. I'm just pointing out they've shown that they understand they need an upgrade at that position. And they've shown it 
pretty clearly by the number of players they've gone after. So I, I don't think at that stage, when you're down to number at best number five on your list, you should push it. And if you don't like the player, you don't like the player. And I get why they don't like the player. So I guess that's not why I don't, I don't have as big as a problem. And I've turned towards the draft. I didn't want to turn towards the draft. I don't think, I don't think it's good that Devonte Smith is going to mentor instead of being mentored. Um, but they didn't get it done. So now you got to go to the next best option. And I think the next best option would be to me and to them clearly would be the draft over somebody like Devonte Parker. Now another name DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. Now that's a clear, clear upgrade and a clear good player. And then you're getting into the contract parts of it. I don't think they didn't like Devontae Parker because of the contract. I, I think they didn't like the player. That's it. And once you don't like the player, you don't get into the rest of it. Understood. But then we'll get to compare what Devontae Parker does in New England with a second-year quarterback, not a third-year quarterback, um, as compared to whoever the Eagles take in the first round with their pick. Um, I think that player will eventually become, cross your fingers, a better player than Devontae Parker, career, career, two-year comp, four-year comp, five-year comp, and there's no way Devontae Parker's going to play five more years, but you get my point. Um, but I'm just worried about 2022. And, yes, I think the Eagles missed out on a, a, a major uh, potential inexpensive in both compensation, which you would have been able to give up for to get the trade. You only had to do slightly better than New England because you would have, they would have preferred to trade him out of conference than to trade him to a divisional rival. That's for damn sure. Those other teams, the Cowboys and like that, I was just rattling off that Florio said, at least inquired on the player, must not offer diddly squat for him to be shipped to New England. Uh, shame on them. And I say shame on the Eagles. I think they should have gotten the player. I think they missed out. Um, one other aspect of the deal that kind of, I, I'm not saying I disagree with it, but it kind of bums me out with the Eagles trading uh, first round pick this year for next year. It takes the whole linebacker conversation completely off the table, doesn't it? Because we do it every single year. Been since 1979. Whose name am I going to quote here, John? Jerry Robinson. Jerry Robinson, yeah. the last time the Eagles took a first-round linebacker. I'm a huge N'Kobe Dean guy. I think he's going to be a superstar linebacker in this league. I think he's going to be on the board at both 15 and 19 when the Eagles pick, and they're going to pass him twice, and it's going to give McMullen and McDonald fuel for fire for the next decade if we do this Birds 365 show long enough. We got one year logged. We got nine more left in us. We'll see. Um, yeah, there is no chance, no shot, no way they're taking a linebacker now that they I, hey, guess who you know I brought up earlier in the show. Um, and the Eagles have 15, the Eagles are 15 and 18 now, so they moved up from 19, they're 18. Excuse me. Um, so they have 15 and 18. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Kemsky had him taking Garrett Wilson at 15, 18, he had him taking. Your guy. The defensive tackle from UConn. He's with you. Now he took Nicobe Dean. Really? Uh, Still? And, and I'm like. Oh, yeah. I hope he's right, but I don't think he's got a prayer of being right. Yeah, I don't think he's got a prayer of being right, but we'll see. Um, you know, 
the Eagles are going to introduce Kaiser White to us today at some point uh, scheduled. We'll see if it shakes out. Um, uh, well, they didn't pay him a lot. It's not like they can't go in a different direction and everything comes down to uh, liking a player. And I bring up, you know, people, the Eagles don't like running backs. True. But they would have drafted Christian McCaffrey. They would have. Um, Eagles don't like safeties. Maybe you'll get to see that this year. If Kyle Hamilton does drop. True. But what if Kyle Hamilton drops? Uh, there's always one player that can turn things on their heads. I mean, the Eagles don't like drafting receivers in the top 10. They drafted one uh, last year um, in Devontae Smith. But I don't think I don't think they're drafting a linebacker, Joe. Well, we don't we don't have to sweat top ten this year. Top fifteen, yes, because that's where their first pick sits. Now fifteen and eighteen after yesterday's trade with the Saints. All right, then let's take our final time out of the day. Come back. Uh, maybe we'll get Ben Select later in the week. Don't know what happened. Man, getting yes. I'm getting uh, getting swatted every day this week, Jody. And you got uh, Clay Harbor. Clay's coming back, though. Clay's, Clay's, Clay's going to be here Friday. Cross right. your fingers. Write, write that one down. McMullen said Clay Harbor Friday. We'll see if that happens. Uh, we didn't get a hold of Ben Select, so we'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. 
Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. In case you tuned in to the second half of the show, uh, we mentioned at the first half, right at the top, that this is our one-year anniversary. April 5th of 2021, we got Birds 365 underway. So uh, it's been a fun first year. We thank all you guys for streaming in on a day-in, day-out basis or a irregular basis or whatever you do stream in. Thank you for doing so. Uh, Johnny and I have a fun time chopping it up for all you Birds fans every single day. And yes, we both agree that most Birds fans are going to love the trade that the Eagles made yesterday because it gives them flexibility. But we also had fun mocking three players to the Eagles uh, up until yesterday, which gave them optionality and the ability to go in a couple of different directions. Um, Did uh, ask of this uh, earlier in the show. Let me repeat it for those who tuned in late. Eagles two picks. I'm not even going to ask you to pick. Give me the names. But at number 15 and number 19, John McMullen's best guess as of right now so, yeah, you have to try and figure out who are the 14 that are going to go before the Eagles come up at number 15. What two positions are going to be left for the Eagles to try and grab at when their two picks come this year? Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm going wide receivers one. Well, I can't believe I'm here, but here I am. It's April again. And basically, for a year, we're doing this show. And I said, they can't take a receiver again. They can't take a receiver again. They can't take a receiver again. Here we are. And I'm going to say they're going to take another receiver. Uh, and then the other one I'm leaning toward, it's going to be defense. I'm leaning towards defensive tackle over uh, cornerback, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's cornerback either. And a lot depends. They might want to move down again with that uh, 18th pick now. It's 18. Um, they might want to move down again. So I I I don't think Howie's done. He might there might be some more maneuvering, especially if they, you know, we mentioned all the corners. I, you know, you we joke about Travis Jones a lot. If they if they have four or five players with the same grades and they're comfortable with, they might try to go back. And I, I think that might be a potential as well. Um but right now I'm leaning towards wide receiver and then corner or defensive tackle because I don't think an edge rusher is going to be there at 15. And if there isn't, if all five are gone, you're right. But if one of the five top five, you've given your opinion on who you think the top five are, we both say a job would have been in the top five. That was unfortunate. If you're looking for the Eagles to get a defensive pass rusher, because that's just one last guy who merits being a, top 15, top 18 pick. Um, if one of those are left there, do you still think that they're going to pass? No, if one is pick? left, I think they're taking them because I think it'll be Karloptis or, or Johnson, and I think they would take that player, whoever, either of them. 
Um, I don't, I just don't think they're going to be there. And by the way, Ojabo, uh, I think is in play for 51 if he falls that far. Um, and I think that might be a perfect situation for a red shirt type of thing if he falls that far. And that's a big if, but I, I think the Eagles would definitely consider him at uh, 51. And that would, uh, if they don't get a defensive end at the first round, I'm okay with that. If Fajabo is a guy they're going to take in the second round, maybe they've even got to maneuver a little bit to get up. And I don't have the second round sitting in front of me for a team that would have a need for a defensive end. Uh, Again, much like the Eagles, we're speculating here who is or isn't going to be on the board with the first round pick. We got to see who the first 45 are and then what teams are left and what teams have needs. If they need to move up a couple of stops to get a guy like a job, even if he's not going to be ready for the start of the year, I'm okay with that. He's that talented a player to get him in the second round, even if you need to add a little to the cost to get him. I'm okay. Here's my fear. Here's my fear. All five defensive ends are gone. David Ajabu is snapped up by someone before the Eagles can get a pick at him in the second round. And you got Derek Barnett trotting out there as your starting defense band again. Next well, then year. you just got to hope for Brandon Graham to stay healthy. Um, Cause then it comes down. I mean, Brandon's going to play and, and Josh Sweat's going to play. They're going to be the starting defensive ends and he's going to be the third man in the rotation. The, the, you know, the issue becomes if if you draft one, if you get one at 15, then he's four. And then he's a really good option at four. Uh, if he's got to kick up to three, then you're, you're an injury away from 65, 70% of the snaps again. Right. And if you talk about injured players and, and forever, uh, Brandon Graham was not that type of a player. He answered the bell all the time. Coming off a severe injury, year older, projecting Brandon Graham to start all yeah. 16 games. 34 year. years old. Happy birthday. Brandon just had his birthday this week. Really? Days ago. Yeah. Yeah. B so happy. G, happy birthday. We appreciate uh, him because he's not only a really good player and uh, a guy who is forever going to go down in Eagles lore because of one particular play in the Super Bowl, he's been a class act and a very good leader. We don't need him leading next year. We do, but we more need him producing next year. Uh, with if the Eagles April third, so Sunday, WrestleMania Sunday was. Do you uh, think Brandon Graham was watching WrestleMania like I'm you and sure. I on Sunday? I know Lane Johnson was. I'm not sure Brandon was. Uh, Lane was watching it up close and personal, yeah. right? He was in Houston. I saw the. Uh, uh, with Twitter uh, picture of Ian Stone Cold Steve Austin. Good for Lane. All right. Hey, partner, uh, we be out of time. You got uh, 364 more days in you. We going to make it to anniversary number three? Well, we're all day to day, Jody. But, yeah, I'm planning on it. That's that's the key. You got to plan. You got to plan. All right. Here's the plan. Uh, we need you guys back here with us tomorrow in 2 and 2 on Birds 365.